0: To talk about the MLS, it's the head coach
1: of your hometown, United. This is the Adrian Heath Show. Welcome to the Adrian Heath Show with host Jamie Watson. Hello and welcome in to the Adrian Heath Show here on Score North. I am your host, Jamie Watson. It is March 18th. We are so happy you're joining in. If you're catching this live or on a podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Well, we have him back in studio. It was a one-week hiatus, and not of the preferred kind for the fearless leader of your loons. Fearless. Fearless. There you go. Well, you needed to be fearless, because you were up against it last week. Adrian Heath, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm good. Glad to be back.
1: Yeah, we had... uh, Back in one piece. We had an unexpected absence from you last week. Uh Uh-huh. Ian Fuller filled in. We'll talk about that in a minute, because I heard you had some strong thoughts on that. (laughs) Taking your place, the strong words said in your spot that we will discuss. But first off, how are you and what happened to you last week, man? Well, I didn't
0: have the best of weeks last week. You know, on the back of two wins, going into the weekend. Life's supposed to be good. Yeah, exactly. Went for dinner with uh, Dr. Bill Maguire on Sunday. We're all feeling great. Wake up on Monday morning with a huge swelling on the side of my face and I'm thinking, what the hell is this? And I'd had a, I'd had a sore tooth the day before. Anyway, long story short, I've I've got an abscess in my tooth, so go to the the dentist, you know, they say, listen, we've got to do this now, this is in pretty bad shape, so get it done, go home thinking I'm going to be fine, and then the the face starts, continue to swell, and I'm like, oh, I thought I'd just had the abscess removed, or I'd certainly had it treated. And then I find out that through after about another visit to the doctors and passing out in the temperature of 105, I find out I've got the word of cellulitis. So apparently I've got an infection of the the cheek. So now this is blowing up and uh, I'm getting worse. The fever's getting more. Then I pass out in the uh, emergency room. So they admit me to hospital and next time I wake up, I've got about three or four doctors around me. And um, I was there till late Thursday night, early Friday morning. Wow. So... uh, not the best of weeks, you know. On the back of didn't have much time to reflect on a little bit, a little bit of uh, shall we say, enjoy the the week build up with the players. So that was disappointing. And then uh, obviously uh, I was going to try and go. My wife finds out that I'm trying to fly out on Saturday morning and informs one or two people and. I got the word back. Jay it yeah, huh? Yeah, I'm not allowed to fly. So the
1: lovely Mrs. Heath said, put her foot yeah. down and said, "Absolutely not." Exactly.
0: So it's probably for the best. But you know what it's like. You you want to be there with the group, and uh, it's, I'm trying to think. of the last time I ever missed a game,
1: as long as I've known you yeah. since since about 2009, summer 2008, started playing for you in '09. I don't think you've ever missed a game. No,
0: and I've, I've been as you can imagine, wood, yeah. I've been pooling a few times in that time, but you know, I've only been. I think I've seen the doctor twice in 11 years, so I don't get ill. So, I'm I'm not, you uh, know, I'm not one of them that normally has always got a cold or there's something wrong with. So, it was disappointing because, obviously, you know, the build-up of the week is, you know, how much we got put we put into the build-up for the next game. So, not being in, be able to be involved in the build-up for an older game in LA was disappointing.
1: Yeah, because I noticed, tactically, the week of leading up to San Jose, you were very involved trying to explain Matias Almeida's system and how unortho- unorthodox it is and... And that really made a big difference and it paid dividends on the weekend because your team tactically was far superior on the night and knew what to expect. But then you don't come into training the week of leading up to the LA Galaxy. And although Mark Watson, Ian Fuller, John Pascarella did their best to make it business as usual, you know, not having the head coach there, another voice, a strong presence there you know, probably made a difference, wouldn't you say?
0: I I think it makes a difference in the terms that it's a different voice and it's a different way of the approach. But in terms of the message, what was delivered, I wouldn't have thought it had been any different. We spoke about it. The guys came to see me in hospital and we went through everything that we we were were trying to work on. You know, we try and work on a week in advance of what we're doing next week. So we pretty much had the program planned. Um, But, you know, whatever, all best laid plans... You know, when you turn yeah. up and play like we did in the first half, that can go quickly out the window.
1: When Ian Fuller visits you in the hospital, does he bring you anything? No. Did he bring any flowers, a card, anything? Anything no. thoughtful?
0: No, he didn't actually. I'm thinking of that. He didn't bring me a drink. A bottle of Lu- Lu- Aid or something. Nothing. You know? Nothing. Nothing no. to cheer you up, huh? I, I remember that now.
1: That's Just- interesting because he-, he had a chance to-, to see you, see if you're well, and also apologize for the fact that he said we shouldn't rename this the Ian Fuller Show. Yeah, what your thoughts on that? Yeah, there you go.
0: He could take it if he wants. What do you think? I don't think he'll take it if you... By the way, you know what Fuller's like. He's the shyest person at the best of times. When I asked him after the... I said, how did the show go? He went, please don't ever be ill again. I don't want to go through that. <laughs> so, no, it's... it's. Uh, I'm, sure he, he, I'm sure he was a deputy, uh, able deputy. Let's just say that.
1: He, uh, he. Well, he only made it about 10 minutes before you had enough and you called Jonathan Harrison up and you said, Jonathan... Get me on get the phone right going. now. Yeah. And you uh, you joined us. Jonathan, what was it? He, he had a span where he spoke for two minutes straight. Yeah, there was a... Yeah, it was like about two minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds where you went just straight
0: through. Not hey. well, minutes, awesome. And then I started to get the cold sweats back. So I decided <laughs> to call it a day in case it collapsed on air.
1: You took a whole bunch of antibiotics and, and toughed it out for us. We appreciated yeah. that. Jonathan, thanks for patching Adrian through. That was yeah. the best it 10 was minutes was awesome. of the show people were saying.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm not sure about that, but... Uh, hey." i'm 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 back and back in the land of the living, and I feel good,
1: good so you're you're all back to normal. Yeah. Everything seems yeah, to be
0: I think so i'm uh obviously I'm sort of running around the training ground yet, but I will be doing that as of tomorrow.
1: Some would say the players aren't too devastated that if you're, you're gonna need another week or so of of not raising your voice and not yelling,
0: they're probably happy that I wasn't they weren't in today because I was <laughs> not in the best moods this morning.
1: All right, well, we'll get around to it You listen to Adrian Heath on the Adrian Heath show here on score North Adrian. Uh, Last two weeks that we've met, Mm -hmm. um, well, you weren't here last week, but we got to talk to you a little bit off the back of two wins. You go for your third road game in a row to a Western Conference opponent. You head to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The LA Galaxy, five-time MLS champion, a team that boasts some of the biggest names in MLS history and their alumni, a team that has a new coach, a bit of a new identity, without a couple of players this week, still a very good roster. And your team, for the first time in 2019, preseason included, taste defeat.
0: Mm.
1: Now, you're at home. Yeah. How does it... Let's start from the beginning. How does it go for you? Where are you watching it? Are you by yourself? Are you watching the broadcast? If so, I'm sorry if I said anything that upset Mm. you. Walk us through what game day at home while you're not feeling well and you're back in Minnesota is watching the LA Galaxy.
0: Well, it's the last game of the day. I've watched every game prior to that. So I'd watched all the games, and I'm obviously... Really excited and looking forward to it. What's your broadcast? Thought you all did very well as per usual. Um, and then obviously I, we're, I'm on the phone. I've our video analyst Sam Lawson who's in the in the booth above the in the gods there in the, in the main stand. We, I'm on regular contract to him, and he's got a earpiece down to the bench, so we, the contact's pretty good. You know, I can get through pretty quickly. Um, but I was I was so disappointed in the performance in the first half. I thought we were totally, it was totally unacceptable. This group of players is better than that. Um, we know that. And for the first time that of this season, like you say, since pre-season, I think that I have to look at, do I accept that performance and what do we think about making changes? Because one thing that we have now, we have an opportunity to make changes because we have a strength and depth. We haven't had that in the past. And some of the times it might have been hollow threats from me. I'm going to shake this up and change it around. And players being what players are, would probably look at the bench and go, really? Hey, now we have an opportunity to make them changes if I deem fit. And um, if one or two people find themselves out of the team next week in New England, then, you know, they've only got themselves to blame. But because we can't accept that. You know, I, I can accept. There's a few things, and you've heard me say this. You've been with me a long time. I will accept losing games in a certain manner. Um, There's a few things that we cannot control. We can't control what the opposition do. We can't control the result. I can't guarantee a performance. I can't. You know what I can guarantee from you, Jamie Watson, or whoever the player is, that you give 100% commitment every time you cross the white line. And if you don't, then the consequences of, of that are maybe the selection of the next team. And we've never really had that. Now we have. That looked, I'm not putting up with that type of performance again, and, as we proved in the second half, when we shook it up a little bit and maybe one or two people got what told one or two on truths at half time, and maybe we're not as good as we probably thought we were after the first two games, then the response was good, but we we can't have a perform- forty five minutes like we had waiting for a performance like we got because that's just not the way it's what's acceptable that's not the way it should be. You know, it shouldn't wait for the coaches to come in at half-time, you know, losing their their heads with the group to get that response. That is down to the individual, not down to me. That's not down to me to come in at half-time. And you know, I don't mind doing it. I can lose my temper with the best of them. But that's down to the players to put a level of performance in that's acceptable to everybody. And then we'll take the result, wherever that is. But what we can't have, and I'm just going to go back to your very first comment. What did you say? Five times. Famous alumni. Well, have a guess. I think alumni is in the past, isn't it? That's not the present. This Galaxy team isn't the Galaxy of David Beckham, of Robbie Keane, of Landon Donovan. You keep going through him, Zardes, you go through when um, it was Dilla Garza and it was um, the big center back, Omar Gonzalez. Omar Gonzalez with Janino. This isn't that team. Long, long, long away from that. So I'm not accepting the fact that it's, it's the alumni, it's Galaxy. Yeah, that's five years ago. This is not this Galaxy team.
1: Without Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the lineup, Roman Alessandrini on the night. Two of the best players. You thought, off the back of two really good road performances, that this team would go from strength to strength. When you were watching it, you mentioned the effort. Was that what you were most disappointed that wasn't there? In the first forty five or effort or was it energy you felt?
0: Effort's one thing. Sometimes you can get a misguided effort. I'm
1: as on, as I'm, in house. As in
0: chasing stupid causes that make people think, oh, he's trying. Well no. I I'm on about when it's nil-nil, when you have to stand up and be counted, when you have to close the ball down, then get back in your shape, then go back out to close it. They are all the things that you do on the road to get a result. Everything that you need to do on the road to get a result, you have to be prepared to do. And we weren't prepared to do the odd work in the first half. We weren't pre- prepared to get out there and get close enough that you stop across when it hits you in the face or between the legs. That's, that's defending. Not being 10 yards away, passive defending. I can still do that now. And that's where we were in the first half.
1: That's the voice of Adrian Heath breaking down the 3-2 loss to the LA Galaxy. You're talking about the first half performance in particular. If you take that as one... Aspect of the game, you have halftime. You make your changes, and you look at the second half. Mm-hmm. What did you see in the difference? Down two to zero, your team gave up a goal in the thirty-six and the off of a penalty kick in the forty-first minute. Uh, your team's down two zero at half. What did you see difference in the second half? And were you at least pleased with the second half performance that saw your team score twice? LA got their third, ultimately winning it though.
0: Well, it was a little bit of a response. It looked as though the you know one or two have had been shaken up a wee bit, and we started to get some energy out of people. I thought Abu came on and gave us some real energy and pace in the wide areas. I thought that Angelo gave us a presence up front Ethan gave us some energy on the on the left um we spoke about this at off time. I spoke to the staff and said listen as as regards the timing, that's up to you, but you know I want to get these guys on the field because we we have to do something because this game's very quickly going to get away from us, if not. We all know that with 2-0, you will never won the game. The next goal is so important. If you get the next one, then you're back in it. And then we we get the next one, and then we start to look as, okay. now we start to get out of this sort of slumber, if you like. You know, and as I say, I thought the subs gave us a little bit of a lift. And then we concede what I thought was a really poor third goal. Then we get a second. And then, for me, if I look at the whole game, it was too little too late. And um, sometimes it's very easy to play well when you're 2-0 down, when people think the pressure's off and actually, I can just go out and play now. Well, that's not how it works, guys. You know, you have to play like that when it's 0-0. That's that's the mark of being a professional footballer. If you want to play in this game for 20 years and be a, a professional that people can count on, you can't pick and choose when you play to your maximum. That has to be week in, week out.
1: Let's go to the first goal that... LA Galaxy scores in the 36th minute. Osvaldo Alonso is called for a penalty kick from behind. Mm -hmm. You have the the vantage point of being able to see that on replay. We showed about three or four different angles of Fox Sports North. It's a unique play in the sense that there was space from where the ball was. I believe it was. uh, Antunia is going to take a shot. Mm -hmm. He pulls his right leg back. And Ozzy Alonso puts his left foot in front of... Of where Atunia is going to, in between the ball and Atunia's foot, and Atunia swings and he kicks the back of uh, Ozzy Alonso's leg. Now, as a former player, I can say that you know sometimes that's one way to block a shot without hopefully conceding a foul. Mm-hmm. But the other side of the perspective is it can be viewed as a foul because if you know the game, you know what you're doing there to try to defend it. Your vantage point is that a penalty or is that not a penalty?
0: I think it's one of them. If you're them, you're thinking that's a penalty. He's in the motion of striking the ball. He's six yards out. There's nobody on him. He's going to score. If you look at it from our point of view, you could say that before he's had his motion to bring his foot through to kick to the ball, Ozzy's there. Ozzy's got the space.
1: His foot's planted in the ground. Exactly.
0: His foot's planted. I'm, I've got the spot before you've got the spot. Now, it could have gone either way. On the night, I thought it was a penalty, but I've got to be honest.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And, and I, when... Uh, when asked about it afterwards, I think the best representation, I thought. Because it did take a moment. The referee um, did take a moment to check, confer with Danny Radford, the the VAR upstairs. He asked if it was a penalty or not. And it never went to the actual video review, Jair Mufo, referee on the day, who's a World Cup referee, uh-huh. one of the better referees in MLS. Um, I was asked and I thought my opinion of it was to go along with you. I think it's one of those that if it gets called, there's not enough to overturn it. Mm. If it doesn't get called, there's probably not enough a to overturn it. To give it... Later, a
0: split second later, Aussies there split second earlier, rather. I think maybe then there is a bit more doubt. But the lad has planted his foot and he's took his leg back to come and shoot. And then Ozzy's got there. I,
1: you know. Do you think it was the case that there wasn't enough to fit, to overturn it, that it wasn't a clear and obvious error? Or do you think oh, Dead Right it's a penalty to, 10 normally, times out of 10?
0: Normally, your, first, your gut instinct, your first view, you, you're not a million miles away. And on the day, I thought it was a penalty.
1: Okay. All right. So, fair enough then. So, LA Galaxy goes and gets another one in the 41st minute. Minnesota United comes out much better in the second half. A couple of changes made, as you mentioned. Ethan Finley comes on for their third straight game, 65th minute. Uh, Angelo Rodriguez comes on in the 70th minute, the 74th minute. Abu Dunladi makes his 2019 season debut. A minute later, Jan Gregish gets his first goal, Mm-hmm. in Minnesota United Colours. What do you think that means for him? And in the manner in which he gets his goal from 25 out from distance, what do you think that'll do for him and his confidence?
0: Well, we know he's capable of that. You know, if you if you go through his history and go through his, his back catalogue of goals, which we've done, we've gone back two or three years, you know, he is capable of coming on from 25 yards and really smashing it. And I don't know if you tell a goalkeeper you're thinking that's an error. You know, but whether it knuckles and does a bit in the air, I I couldn't see because we never really got a behind-the-shot goal.
1: Yeah, that's not one where the camera angle yeah. sits from behind. If it's anywhere else on the field, it's just that angle yeah. normally you don't get that from behind yeah. where you can tell, but so go we, on.
0: We can't tell, And but he, he certainly strikes it well. I said to you before the season, I think the way he strikes the ball, he should be looking to get anywhere between five and ten goals a season. So he'll be better for that. Um You know, but I... I it gets us back in the game and then, you know, we we give another sloppy, sloppy goal away. I thought our defending was very, very poor, which has not been the case.
1: What general. didn't you like about the goal? You're talking uh, about I the Sebastian lejet goal that made it 3-1 in the yes, first minute. I don't
0: think there was enough work to stop the ball going forward. don't think there was enough work to stop the cross coming in the box. I don't think there was enough work to get tight to people within the box. Yeah, I can go on.
1: Sounds like one or two things you weren't too pleased about. Yeah. Um, you have to be pleased about Angelo Rodriguez, though, getting a goal in the 87th minute. Two guys that were subbed on in the second half, late in the second half. Abu Ladi, gets on the end of a cross uh, from Roman Metzner, who, by the way, has done brilliantly. He lost the ball, won the ball back.
0: This is what we're talking about in terms of acceptable levels of performance. And that has that got anything to do with ability? No. What's he got to do with? Effort. Effort and desire to go and chase. I've had the ball taken off me. I'm going to get it back off you. And which he did. And then he turns, crosses the ball. Abu, a unusual header. Great header, by the way. Technically very good. Back from where it's come from. Hits the post and comes back. Abu has has an effect on the game. Comes on and beats people. Runs past people. Gets in the box. Three or four times. We never did that in the first half. From anywhere else other than Romario. I can't remember. Think of anybody else being in the box other than the Romario in the first half. Didn't happen. No. Why?
1: Well, you're the coach. You tell me. Yeah. If I could tell you the answer, it'd be the Jamie Watson show. No,
0: because you know what I'm talking about. I, you've, you've, you've played for me for five, six years. It's a willingness to get in the box. It's a willingness to run and to get into spots that actually get you a goal. And you know when it's that easy when you're winning 2-3-1 and three one because you're thinking, here we go, I've got a goal coming here. When it's not easy is when you're playing against a team that are on top of you. It's not going your way. It's an effort to go and make that run. But you have to do it.
1: So Abu's done that. He wins the header. Angelo Rodriguez, first to react. Beats Rolf Fletcher at the back post. But
0: Abu has a shot earlier than that that whistles past the post. That was a great strike. Inches he? wide. Yeah. Late on, beats the guy in the box. Left foot shot. Some people might have been saying he might have crossed it. No. He's been positive, he's done something, he's got the guy in the box, beat his man, left foot. It's he was like, doing
1: that all week of training. Like, you yeah, were there, was like, I was watching it.
0: But it was like the goal he got in... Montreal. Montreal, exactly the same position, beats his guy, comes and has a shot. I'll take that all day long.
1: Beats Laurent Simon, who at the time was the MLS Defender of the Year, yeah, but goes I'll, and gets a winner in Montreal. I'll take yeah, take that
0: all day, day long, but that is people putting yourself out there, being positive.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know... Look, there were it sounds as though there were maybe a few positives in the second half, a few performances from some substitutes that were positive to take away. If you had to take away the most positive thing from that game, as we wrap up this segment and wrap up the LA Galaxy defeat first one of the season, what is the most positive thing you take away from that game?
0: Um a little bit of life in the second half, but I think the biggest positive would be we've got Abu back on the field looking like he's as sharp as he was when we were getting the best out of him last year. You know, this is a big year for him. And me and him have had long conversations about what I expect out of him. And um, it was nice to see him have an effect not only for himself, but for the group.
1: Okay. With that, we'll go to break. But you're going to want to stick around because we have a lot more to talk about here. International call-ups, Minnesota United. No game this weekend, apart from five guys who will be venturing off around the world to play for their respective national teams. We've got to look at the Mount Rushmore of in just a little bit. We've got uh, so much more to break down. Oh, yeah, we had a scarf raising at Allianz Field today. You're not going to hear all, miss that. You're going to want to hear all about it. Make sure to stick around. He's Adrian Heath. Jonathan Harrison's in the booth. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show on Score North. It's Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North, that's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcan. On hoops and more. Score North Twins includes touch them all, Royce on baseball and more, and so on. Just search Score North S K O R wherever you find your favorite podcast. All right, welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on Score North. I'm your host Jamie Watson. We had a deep dive into the matchup against LA Galaxy this weekend with Adrian Heath. Adrian, I appreciate the strong words, the candid nature of the discussion. I think that's super important to hear. Um, that's a pretty good bow you put on to on that. So we'll move on from that. We'll go from the weekend that was to the day that was. Mm-hmm. There was a little something that opened up in the midway area today.
0: Yeah, a nice. little place.
1: Uh-huh. A couple bucks have been put yeah. into it to make it kind of spiffy. Allianz Field, the official scarf raising, the pseudo ribbon cutting, cutting if you will, scarf raising as we like to call it around these parts, was held this afternoon. In attendance, Dr. Bill McGuire,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. MLS commissioner, Don Garber, the governor of Minnesota, Tim Walz, the mayor of St. Paul, Melvin Carter, the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, a whole host of people were there. Lieutenant Deputy Flanagan was there from the governor's office. I mean, we're talking a who's who collectively amongst a whole bunch of city officials and and, uh, people across MLS, across the state. You got to be in attendance. Uh You were up on the front row, sitting next to Sporting Director Manny Lagos, two or three people down from you, CEO Chris Wright, Uh Maureen Smith, just to his left. I mean, Bryant Pfeiffer, the whole collective group was there. You've been a part of this from the beginning, Uh part of the design, seeing it come to fruition. Try to put today into words for the listener who's at home wondering what does this mean to you Uh just as a soccer fan, somebody who's been a part of the movement of soccer in America as Minnesota United head coach, whose team is going to play in this stadium, but also somebody who's poured their life into soccer and is now seeing maybe the greatest stadium in all of North America open today.
0: Yeah. It's um, a monumental day for the club. And if I can just go back a little bit, I, I look at people who've, Pull the pulled the heart and soul into everything that they do. And like I got to I've got to know Dr. Bill Maguire since I've been here. I live near him and so I speak I see a lot of him. And um I know how much of this he's become his little baby, if you like, over the last two or three years. And his lovely wife Nadine has had to probably put up with an awful lot because all the little things that he, he speaks about to me. What about this? And we're talking about finishes on carpets. We're talking about the rim around a
1: a seat. Really? Yeah. He goes that deep. That meticulous? Yeah.
0: And he goes that deeply into all the, the minor details of everything connected with that stadium. I felt for, very proud for him today because I, I could tell, you know, he's very stoic. He doesn't give much away. But today I thought he was a little bit, not emotional, but standing there very proud and very pleased of what he's he's delivered. And I think... If you get to know him like the way that I've got to know him over the last two years, he'll want that stadium to be the legacy of when he eventually has been and gone because that's the nature of the way that sport is. you know. And I I also thought about today, I remember crying going into my very first game at the age of four years of age at Stoke City, going into the Victoria Ground. So that would be 1965. And then crying watching the Victoria Ground coming down 50 years later because my stadium had gone. And I was thinking today about all the little kids who are going to think this is a stadium. They, they're they going to start watching football in this incredible new arena that's going to be the best in North America. We know how good it's going to be. We won't realise how good it's going to be until we've been in it and we've seen the atmosphere that it generates. I think that Don Garber's words said it all. He's, he, never, he always thought that we'd get there but he never thought we'd deliver with the promise of having the best stadium in the country. And today when he saw it, he said, glad to see you've delivered on all 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 counts.
1: He said, and over-delivered.
0: Yes. So, you know, for the Bill McGuire and the ownership group who poured not only money, because money's one thing, having that, you know, dedication and, you know, commitment to making sure that everybody feels as though they've been taken care of. And I know for Billy, it's been one of them things where he goes, I want this for the guy who sits on the end, that stands on the end. I want this for the guy who sits in the corner with his family. I want this for the disabled people. They can do that. There's not one person he hasn't thought about in the design and the construction. And more importantly, the amenities and the concessions within that stadium. People are going to be blown away when they get there. It's an incredible stadium, Um I'm, I'm I'm going to be very proud to lead the team out in a few weeks time in that stadium but more importantly it's, it's the home of this club for the net. long long after me and you and yeah, Bill have all have gone, gone this is going to be their home and now it's up to us as a club and certainly me as a coaching me as a coach and the coaching staff and the players to put a team on and a performance on that warrants the the, the surroundings that we've been given
1: I mean I think you've said it a couple times now you know there's you're running out of excuses, right? Because the team is as strong as it's ever been. You now have a stadium that's as strong as any stadium could possibly be. Yeah. When you walk out there on April thirteenth, and I know it's I know this is so difficult. This is a a difficult thing because most people's eyes are already on April thirteenth for you as a coach, you still have two more games yeah. till you get there. But inevitably you're gonna look forward to this. How do you put into words? what a unique experience this is because you've been in football for how long now?
0: Well, I left school at 15. I'm, I'm, I'm 58, so 43 years.
1: Okay, yeah. so 43 years. In 43 years, have you ever opened up a new stadium?
0: No, I've never been at a club that was opening a new stadium. I'm talking about stadiums that were 100 years old.
1: So you for know, the first time I, in 43 years, you get to do yeah. this. Has, yeah. it, has it fully hit you yet or do you think it will it, that, it, on that day? It,
0: it won't until that day. I know that when we, we came into the league in Orlando and even though it was the Citrus Bowl, it wasn't ours, it doesn't hit you until the first day you get there and you see it, but it's full and you see what's going to happen to the place. When it comes to lives, like somebody switches a button and goes, now it's live. That's when you you really start to feel it. But as a, as a coaching staff and as the players, we just have to make sure that, and I say this, you've heard me say it a million times, don't let the people who matter down the most, don't let them down.
1: And you always say people spend their hard-earned money. So come
0: they, and watch us play. That's all we can do. Make
1: that sure always you, resonated with me. That's people yeah. who spend their money. Would you say? People's, people work nine to five. They get a weekend and they choose yeah. how to spend their money and they and choose to spend it to watch you play.
0: So don't you think what we are talking about in the first quarter should resonate?
1: Yeah, about the effort and the... Yeah,
0: yeah. That's the, something we can control. We can't control the other stuff. We can that.
1: You're hearing Adrian Heath on the Adrian Heath Show right now talking about Allianz Field opening, the scarf raising today. You took your team last week for the first time to get to walk through Allianz Field. I didn't. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You didn't get to go. I was lying in bed, Jamie, this time last week. Okay, so the players got to go. Yeah. And the coaching staff did, and they got to kind of see it. What was kind of some of the reactions that you've heard from some of the guys and from some of the coaches that have been there that maybe they know about Allianz Field opening, but they haven't necessarily got to see it along the way, and they finally get to see the finished product?
0: Well, I, I, I know what players... You know what players are like. They... This is going to be their home now. And the first thing is they're all trying to pick the locker. This is my locker. I'm going to have this locker. <laughs> so now we're going to have trouble with that this week. I wanted that locker and somebody's got it. Like you know, So the usual sort of stuff. But more importantly, I think that Vito Manone came out with a great line. He said he, he was there when Arsenal had the, the new stadium at the Emirates. He thinks it has got a better finish than the Emirates. And I think that's it. Whoa, inc- whoa, whoa.
1: Say that again. Yeah.
0: Vito thinks the finishing within our new stadium is better than the Emirates at Arsenal.
1: Arsenal opens up a stadium, what, less than a decade ago, right? So you're talking new. This isn't like 20 Bil- years ago it beats.
0: billion pounds. Yeah. Best part of a billion pounds.
1: I'm not good at math, so I don't know what the conversion is, but it sounds like a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of Too money much. and says this has better <laughs> finishings, huh? Yeah. Wow. So,
0: no, and as I said, we, we you know, the club have done everything that they said they were going to do. I remember being here and saying, what's the vision of the club when I first got here? And the vision of the club is this. We're going to build you the training facility. Tick that box. And then we're going to build you a state-of-the-art stadium to play in. And that'll be another box ticked off in a few weeks' time. So when I talk about getting rid of excuses, you know, people can make them as an excuse if you want to. But now we have a proper football club. We have a great training facility. We have a state-of-the-art match day stadium. You know, the team's getting better. We're investing in the team now, so... You know, this is a good time to be here.
1: It's time to buy, 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 as my good man Jim Kramer on Mad Money would say. Adrian, <laughs> I don't know uh, what you mean by that. That is go. that is a uh, a poor stock reference. So you go, you want to buy all the Minnesota United stock you can right now because it's only going one direction. Um, Adrian, I want to ask you this: five players called up for international duty. Although Minnesota yeah. United does not have a game this weekend. Five players will depart to go to their respective countries. Francisco Calvo with Costa Rica. Roman Mataner will go to Mas- Madagascar.
0: How many players have been Madagascar in the league? This Ever? is the
1: only. Is this this the is the first? first Malagalese player. Yeah, he told me
0: that last two weeks ago. Malagalese.
1: Yeah, uh, that's because someone smarter than me told me that, and then I regurgitated it to sound smart. Jan Gregisch will go to Slovakia. Rasmus Schuler to Finland, and Romario Barra goes to Ecuador, they'll yeah. play the U S and Orlando in a couple of days time. What does five players going on international duty mean to you?
0: Well, I, for them, I'm delighted because, you know, as I've always said, I, I know representing my country meant so much to me. I would never stop players going ever. Cause I think it's an important part of their, their development as a player. You know, it's another learning block for them. Um, but for a coaching staff, it's, it comes with its own problems. We, we aren't going to know till after their second game, whether it be Tuesday or Wednesday, whether they've picked up any injuries, have they got any illness. Chances are three of them are going to meet us in in uh, New England.
1: So they'll go straight there. They won't even come back to Minneapolis. No,
0: they will meet us in Foxborough. Wow. So in terms of preparation, it's not ideal. Um, on top of that, you know, we've got Darwin Contreras out the country. He's in the final stages of his green card. So he's had to go back down to Mexico to get... One or two things stamped, and
1: so, so Darwin's about to get his green card.
0: Yes, and Boxy's only around the corner as well, I think, as well. So you know that'll be two sort of overseas slots opening up for us as well. Which that's is always, big. Yeah, it's always big.
1: So Darwin and, and Michael Box so just to clarify because you're breaking some news here on the Adrian Heath show. Yeah, on uh, well, North. I think
0: Darwin's closer. I think Darwin should be in the next week or two. Um, he's gone down for the final sort of assessment and get one or two things paperwork stamped with his family, and I think Boxy's just around the corner. So. You know, that will be good for them, and it certainly be good for us long term. But, you know, like Darwin's away now, so most of this week's gone for him. So, you know, it's not ideal. But hey, we've had a blank week, so we can be thankful of that, that we aren't playing a game and we've got five of our first-team players not playing. So that's a plus. But in terms of, you know, we cross our fingers, touch wood, and hopefully, hopefully they all come back and fit in one piece.
1: Well, let's talk about some more players that have been gone for you on the Adrian Heath Show with Adrian Heath producer Jonathan Harrison in the booth. A couple players are away with your partnership now with Ford Madison. Yep. They got a game this weekend against UW Parkside, which you've said is really important that you wanted to make sure to maintain a relationship with a club that you're in close contact with the coaching staff. Daryl Shore is the coach there. Uh-huh. Neil Havity, former Minnesota Stars player, is the assistant coach there as well. A couple of guys got some games this weekend. You looked at Wyatt Omsberg, Mason Toy. Carter Manley got games this weekend. 7 1 win, couple goals. Wyatt had two. Mason had two. Three. Three.
0: Well, I asked him this morning that you've probably read the same article as I read, and I went, Mace, well done. Got a couple of goals at the weekend. I got three, coach. Yeah, I didn't finish my really? sentence. Really? I got, I didn't finish my sentence and he was telling me he got three. So, uh,
1: <laughs> like a true forward should. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, it wasn't on the score sheet, but it, it hit yeah. me in the uh, shin on the way through, just so you know, coach. No, but
0: this is important for these guys, you know, that at this moment in time, they're not in the, the eight team with the first team and we can't go th- through what we've done the past two years, where these kids just sit around doing nothing, no matter what we do, you know what it's like. No matter what you do, Monday to Friday, nothing replicates what goes on in ninety minutes of cut and thrust football when it actually means something. And they'll be better for the game at the weekend. I know Daryl's been delighted with the guys we've sent down there. They've all done, a, you know, been very professional in the way that they've done it, gone about things. So you know, this will do this will do them a world of good.
1: Fantastic for Mason to get three goals. Yep. as we're hearing now, instead of two. Yeah, White Almsberg, who's a goal scorer.
0: Well, he should be, shouldn't he? Six foot five or whatever he is. Six foot four, got a great spring. You know, he's not afraid of adding the ball. So if their is good, you know, you should have somebody who can get goals.
1: I'd say a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. He, you should know. Well, yeah, I did it just enough to keep a career going for a little bit longer than, than anybody ever expected. Some yeah. would say I was the blind squirrel in 12 yeah, years, yeah. was the nut. I somehow found that one. Um, that's incredible. That's great to, that's great to hear. Um, looking forward to seeing how that relationship develops with the club.
0: And it will, as through, through the year. That will develop, and, you know, occasionally we might get somebody who you don't think, who just thinks, I need to get a game. And you know, get 19 minutes under his belt. So it might even be people who've been in the first team go down there to get a run out.
1: So do you th- do you think? I'll ask you this question then: Is it better to be one of the guys that instead of being maybe guy 17 or 18 and traveling with the team on uh-huh. a game day roster, dropping down for the weekend to Ford Madison? And I say that with all due respect, not dropping down, but just they're in a different no, league. No. They're in USL League One. So you drop down to USL League One for the weekend to get a game. Which do you say is better? Not better, but I know it's probably case by case. I'll I'll phrase that better. More beneficial to the player.
0: Well, being on the bench, feeling part of it is great for a player's confidence. And if they're smart, they watch the game and they watch, you know, they watch whether it would have been Zlatan, whether it's Chris Pontius, whether it's watching Darwin again or whatever. But eventually you can't be that guy six weeks on the trot because I guarantee you that when your time comes around, that your coach goes, okay, let's go. You're not sharp, you're not mentally fit because you've just lost that in six weeks. So there will be a time and we'll pick and choose as as the season goes on, when is the appropriate time to send people down to maybe in a perfect week, we could get a week where there's two or three games for somebody. That would be perfect for us. Then they come back, then they go back on the bench. They've had sort of, you know, 180 minutes or whatever it's been in a week. So we'll have to judge that as and when it comes through the year.
1: Okay. Interesting to hear. Well, Adrian, we appreciate that. That's good to hear. It's going very well. Um, this show is going very well. I'm and believe done? it or not, we're done with the segment two. Okay. We're going right into segment three here in just a moment. When we come back, we are going to have the Mount Rushmore of. We've got two good ones this week. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to obviously have Ray Cal's call, everyone's favorite segment. And we're going to break down Adrian's thoughts on the first three weeks of MLS Stick around, still plenty more to come right here on Score North. This is the Adrian Heath Show. I'm Jamie Watson. We appreciate you listening. Here we go. One final segment on the Adrian Heath Show on Score North. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Adrian, we've had really, really good conversation tonight about LA Galaxy, breaking down that game, your poignant thoughts on that game. We've talked about Allianz Field how incredible that is, how amazing today was. Now I get to ask you the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> because we are going to start right off the bat here as we start to wind the show down here with this new segment that's been great. Yep. Last week we had Ian Fuller step in.
0: Oh, what did he? What, what was this for?
1: You know, Ian Fuller last week and I, we, we talked. We had a Mount Rushmore of conversation. And I actually thought it went really well. We talked about the best four stadiums to see a soccer game at, in, in, in all of the world. La Bombinera was on his list. He said some really good ones. Go on then. Go and on. Um, did he say Saint James's Park? He did say Saint James's Park. I of course so. he did. Yeah. And I was like, you are so you are so That's, ridiculous. Oh, predictable. It's so predictable. But yeah. then we both were. So what did you give? Me, I gave the burnabout Anfield. I gave.
0: Why did you give it Anfield? Have you been? Yeah, Ben. Okay.
1: You hate that answer because you played for Everton. You're an yeah. Everton legend, but here yeah. I am saying Anfield. Jonathan, can you believe that? Hey, do you, the, mean, the do you view- <laughs>
0: mean. I don't know if you know this. You mean Anfield, the stadium that Everton gave to them because it wasn't good enough?
1: See, this is semantics. It doesn't matter where it came yeah. from.
0: Okay. I'm just explaining to you that that used to be Everton Stadium. You know that?
1: No, I didn't know that. Yeah, there
0: you go. Well, I'm just of educating you know as well. All these Liverpool fans who don't know their history thought that football began 20 years ago when Liverpool were in the league every year.
1: You seem bitter about that. You seem to be upset that I said Liverpool is <laughs> one of my favorite places.
0: It's an incredible venue. I didn't say venue. Goodison
1: Park, that's for sure. It's an
0: incredible sure. venue for football.
1: So it was burnabout anfield uh, I, so I put the Busan Icons World Cup Stadium in South Korea. The one of the World Cup for the Japan-South Korea um, World Cup games in 2002, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, that was one that I got a chance to go into. That was amazing. And then I said Allianz Field. But to my credit... So did Ian Fuller. So we were both on that same page. My that was God. last week. Then we had the best, the best four movies of all time. That was on there. That was. So
0: I'm a movie buff, and you, you give Fuller that line.
1: You can, you can do that one. I wanted to give him this week's one. Okay. But I pushed it for a week so I could ask you specifically. Okay. So let's roll right into it then. Go on, Adrian. This week, I want you to give the listeners your Mount Rushmore. And this is very important because you are a huge, huge music guy. Yeah. You are Mount Rushmore of the four best lead singers of all time.
0: So you gave me this how long ago? 15, 20 minutes ago? Yep. Okay.
1: So I want your your gut reaction here.
0: Okay. First one. First one. Bearing in mind... Being the lead singer is not the best singer in the world. It's the guy who carries the band. It's the holes of the room. Gets everybody in the stadium going, oh, my God, I wish I was him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number one. These are in no particular order. Yep. Mick Jagger, Rolling Stones. There we go. Been doing this for, what, 50 years? Yep. I I went to watch him two years ago. My wife went, are we really going to watch these? And then 20 minutes later, she goes, These are good. And Singing Mick's, and
1: dancing in the aisles.
0: And Mick still strutting his stuff. I'm not sure that uh, Keith Richard was actually being moved. Moving so- very much. And he was being moved by others- somebody else, I think. <laughs> just a string, just a little puppeteer yeah. moving yeah. around. So, but Mick still, oh my God, so much stage presence. Um, Michael Hutchins, In Excess.
1: In Excess? Yeah, lead that's singer. A, to- that's a band I did not think I was going to hear today yeah. when I woke up.
0: But he's another guy, if, if you. If you if you want to watch somebody live and just see this guy hold the room and carry everybody within that stadium, and there's, I trust me, there's not a guy in the room who doesn't want to be him. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and every girl wants to be with him. You, yeah, you have to understand, you know.
0: Yeah, you know where I'm coming from yeah. on this one. Um, and obviously, this is it's vogue now. But anybody who watched Live Aid and doesn't think that Freddie Mercury isn't one of the greatest front men of all time, then I don't think you've seen a lot of pop music. or rock music or whatever. Now, there's a lot of other rockers who are, like, incredible. Roger Daltrey with The Who. There
1: we go. Yeah. Well, that's what, a good one.
0: What about Lennon McCartney? That's the two I know. But I think, I, I'd certainly Jagger, certainly Freddie Mercury, I think Roger Daltrey was an incredible frontman for The Who. Another guy that people probably don't know, and he's a bit more mallow than all the others, a guy called Neil Finn, who was the lead singer of Crowded House, wrote most of the songs as well. So, you know... That that would be my three or four.
1: There's your Mount Rushmore, best lead singers. I've, so
0: what have you got, come? And if you give it that Jimmy Buffett and all that sort of stuff, I'm not it.
1: <laughs> I have seen him in Las Vegas, By the way, I've, <laughs> seen,
0: I've seen you give it that song every time it's your time to get up. And Absolutely.
1: You know that. Come on, man. Yeah. So what you got? Uh, for me?
0: Yeah.
1: When you, it sounds like one of your honorable mentions. John Lennon. Okay. Paul McCartney. Yeah. You actually know Paul McCartney, don't you? Oh, I've
0: been around him. Yeah.
1: Said. Once or twice. Uh, oh. So... Obviously, the Beatles—that has to be on there. Uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Yeah, good. again, that's just getting the crowd go. Everything about it—he's—he's he's he the could, hey. You he could say
0: Steve Perry for Journey. Yeah, you know when he gets up and does—that's another karaoke go-to go there. My, yeah,
1: another yeah. day. Um, you may not like this one. You may like it. Go on. Chris Martin from Coldplay. Not the greatest in terms of what you're thinking of all-time rock, but man,
0: no, I love no, Coldplay. no, I, I him I've at got, the
1: Super Bowl the other year or a couple years ago. Yeah, incredible. By
0: the way, you know. We haven't got any women on there because mainly women don't have the front the bands, but true if,
1: I think I, I think we were both thinking like only, maybe a little bit like rock and roll because on my my fourth and final one, Freddie Mercury, I yeah. watched Bohemian Rhaps- Rhapsody this uh yeah this it's last trip to l a it's incredible i I feel like i have missed out these thirty two years yeah. of my life and
0: I think the other thing is when you consider the movie, you obviously won all the Oscars, so a new generation of people are actually watching him. People don't realize he was dying when he did that performance. Incredible so live,
1: live aid. aid. I mean, just really? see, it was. A, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously, yeah. Remy Malik was incredible. Deserved the Oscar But if anybody's not
0: sure, just go and Google live aid and what's that twenty minutes of him singing at Wembley.
1: Incredible. Yeah. All right. Next one. Go on. Bring back soccer related here. was the Adrian Heath on the Adrian Heath show. We're talking the Mount Rushmore, the best forever Mount Rushmore of best MLS players ever.
0: So you'll know. Go back longer than me. But I'm I'm going to talk about what I've seen since I've been here, which is over the last 11 years. Now, maybe, you know, when I hear people talk about Jaime Moreno and Marco... Sure, it was a different MLS. Yeah, it was a different different MLS. i got to go Giovinco. The little fellow was, and he seemed to do it against my team, whichever whichever team I had (laughs) every week. You know, he scored three free kicks one game, and we talked about don't give any free kicks away. He scores with his first kick of the game over the wall. So I'm going to go uh, Giovinco. The next one I'm going to throw in just for the sheer consistency of I think it was his 200th appearance this weekend, Diego Valeri at uh, Portland Timbers.
1: He has been incredible. Former and been, MLS MVP. He's
0: probably he might never have hit the heights of Giovinco at times, but the consistency for to do that over what six seven seasons, what he's done, so good, has, has been incredible. I think Robbie Keane for two or three years was the best player in the league.
1: Scored goals for fun.
0: Yeah. Couldn't outrun people but could always outsmart them. But
1: I mean that was the thing. He his timing, his spacing incredible.
0: So, last one. Maybe a sentimental pick. I would have to probably go Landon for what he for what he represents for the league. And I thought the his last year and the Beckham team with, with, with Robbie and all them, they were probably were arguably one of the best teams the league's had. And um and then the rest is, you know, the time will tell with Darwin with Zlatan. You know, now we're starting to get people. I should throw Almiron in there.
1: Yeah, he was he was one that t- I battled with. Yeah, for two,
0: for two years, he's probably been the best player in the league.
1: If Joseph Martinez stays, yeah, does he make Joseph, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're in the best era of players. Yeah, for and, sure.
0: And also, the great thing is that the players are coming younger now. Yeah, you know, who would have thought that the best young player in the league would have been. Miguel Almiron, right, and now the next Bex young one who's just been European Footballer of the Year, Piti Martinez, has just signed for Atlanta for twenty million.
1: Incredible, you know? incredible. Well, we had two of the same. I right. had I had Giovinco yeah. and Landon Donovan as well. Um, Thierry, Thierry Henry, mm. he was on my list. Maybe a little bit sentimental. I grew up watching him. I loved him. And then I'm shocked you left this man off the list, Sir David Beckham.
0: Yeah. I don't know
1: how you how you leave him off. And he may not be knighted, but in my world, you know, yeah, he, but, uh, he's he's the man.
0: How can he be knighted in Gordon Banks, who played in the 1966 World Cup? Best um, goalkeeper in the world's ever seen, not being knighted. Beckham's got a, now great, we're going a down. great chin.
1: He's got a great chin and yeah, great hair. Yeah,
0: that's probably why he's got <laughs> voted.
1: Yeah. That was the Mount Rushmore of Adrian. Two really good Mount Rushmores there. Have we there. got time? We've, we've got time. We're not going to be able to break down MLS through week three, but let's, let's save that. Let's save okay. that for next week. Because, I want one question. Yeah.
0: What were your four movies, and what were Fuller's four movies?
1: I don't know Fuller's four movies, but mine offhand, real quick: uh, Casino, Dumb and Dumber, Slumdog Millionaire, and Christmas movie. I love Elf with Will Ferrell. I know, a, I know. We'll ask jo- you next time. It's a good job I wasn't on there. We've got yeah. I might have gotten worse <laughs> off than no it. mention of the Godfather. No, that was the, that was on Fuller's. We've got one minute left. We got to get Cal's call in here. Okay, go on then. So Cal's call each week, play by play. Commentator Callum Williams gives a goal call. Adrian Heath, we listen to it on the show. You break it down from 1 to 10. Adrian, it is time for you to rate Cal's call.
0: You couldn't think of a more perfect perpetrator to take this penalty. It is Darwin Quintero who scores 100 goals in Major League Soccer for Minnesota United. And Minnesota lead on the road.
1: That was from the matchup against San Jose. Oh, yeah. Scores the penalty. 100th goal for Minnesota United in MLS.
0: Cal, Cal's not getting any marks for that coming up with a stat. I'm, just, I'm expecting waxing lyrical about the goal.
1: So it's not about it's not about you. Don't want stats. You want
0: I want Cal coming up with the purple rain, the boy from Minnesota, all that sort. of stuff. You want
1: him to come up with seven words that start with the same first letter for alliteration.
0: That's for me. That's when I go, "Oh, Cal, that's good." Okay, that's really good.
1: So we need a score from you because last week six.
0: An average six.
1: Last week, Ian Fuller gave our friend Callum Williams, dear friend of the show, a 2.5. Can you believe that?
0: Well, because he's an idiot. That's why. I
1: was, <laughs> what, what? A hard six from Adrian. I'm going to give it, you know what? I'm going to give it a little bit better than you. I'm going to give it a 6.5 because I think it was important to note. 100 goals in MLS. That's always big.
0: If you didn't know that, then there's a problem. We've got a problem, haven't we? <laughs> Cal, Cal comes up with them stats and he sleep.
1: Yeah, he does. And Adrian, we appreciate you being back. Glad you're better. Jonathan, thank you so much for all your help in the booth. And thank you so much for you, the listener at home. We'll do it again next week right here on Score North. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Thank you for listening.